You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. And as I watched the video and him talk about the, the fear of God and the, the place and the, the strategicness of us having a, a fear of God, I, I felt like God laid on my heart that as we launched into the new year, that maybe that ought to be our focus, that we would focus on the, the fear of God. There, there's some imagery that's taking place there that you saw the, the girl, you know, being on her bed, the water creeping up, all of a sudden she's under the water and, you know, kind of a, a fearful situation, uh, maybe a little bit of terror going on. And things happen in our lives many times that make us feel like that, that we're being uh, flooded over or that we're being fearful. Uh, the thing about it, a lot of times we wind up fearing everything and maybe everyone except who we ought to fear. Because a lot of times we either don't like to think about or focus on the fact that the Bible has a ton of stuff to say about fear in God. When you look at the Bible and read the Bible, do you ever feel like sometimes if you read the Bible, you wonder why what you see happen there, you don't see happen today in, in some ways? But because in, in particular, when you think about the fear of God, as you read the Bible and people had a face-to-face encounter with God or even with angels, the, the Bible gives us pictures of them falling upon their faces and, and trembling. And the Bible has a lot to say about fearing God, and yet we live in a culture today that, that wants to minimize something like the fear of God. We love to focus so much on the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. Thank God, you know, that's all good stuff we ought to focus on. But I'm afraid sometimes we want to focus on those elements so much that we short-circuit a spiritual part of our lives, and that is the, that is the necessity of us having a fear of God. I mentioned this last week, and a lot of these messages in this series kind of build on each other, but I'll probably say this almost every week. You see, unless you and I have a healthy fear of God, then the love of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God, not quite as significant as it should be. Because if God's kind of just like us and just kind of, you know, buddy-buddy and not holy and everything, and, you know, if he's going to love us anyway or if he's going to, you know, have mercy for us anyway or invite us into heaven no matter who we are and what we've done apart from Christ. In other words, he's just looking at us and he's being a good old boy. Come on in, be part of my party. Then why fear God? But when we understand that he's God and we're not, and we understand that he's holy and we're not, then that adds significance to the fact that he loves us, to the fact that he has mercy, for the, to the fact that he extends grace to us through Christ. That's why I'm saying you need to start out with the fear of God. You need to understand some things about the fear of God to help you have a greater appreciation for God's love, God's mercy, and God's grace, all the stuff we love to, to talk about. Because in our culture, I, I see a lot of people act like they don't have to listen to what God says. And, and even things that people 
doctrinally or theologically would say, yeah, I believe that because it's in the Bible. But as they carry it on in their life, it's as though they don't really believe it. <clears throat> or they're not really viewing God as, as who he is. T- today our topic is this. We're going to talk about <coughs> fearing God and obeying God. Those, those two things ought to really go hand in hand if you think about it. If God is a God that we respect and we fear and we kind of stand in, in, in awe of, along with that should be this willingness on our behalf to listen to him, to respond to him, and, and to, to obey him. Maybe we need to focus on the truth of God being our creator. And that means he created us. He's the creator, we're the creatures. Maybe we need to view God in this light. God is our judge and we're sinners. God is the master and we're servants. And God, as we receive Christ as our Savior, God wants to be our Father, but along with being our Father comes the authority of a Father, and He wants to speak to our lives and us respond to what He says. When you think about obedience and obeying God, I, I want you to understand a couple of different realms in this before we actually jump into the main part of, of the message. Because when you think about obedience, there, there are kind of two main aspects of that. One aspect of obeying God deals with temptations that we face. In other words, we're tempted to do something we shouldn't do, so obedience to God in that form is to say no. But, but also... God tests us. God's never the one that tempts us. That that comes from from Satan, from our own selves also. But another aspect of obeying God deals with God testing our faith. With God calling us to do something we feel inadequate to do or whatever it might be. And, And as God tests our faith, then we need to respond by saying yes. You see, temptation comes about to hurt us. A test from God comes about to help us. Temptation comes a lot of times from our just internal selfish desires. A test comes from the Holy Spirit wanting to, you know, call us to do something for God that's also going to in- increase our faith. The Bible clearly tells us uh, about obeying God because we find this in Ecclesiastes and this is just kind of a send-off verse. It's not going to be our our main verse. But if you know much about Ecclesiastes, Solomon was kind of investigating life and he's trying to figure out what in the world is all this mess going on under the sun. What's life about? And he says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. In other words, fear God and, and obey God. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment. So there we have the picture of him of being judged also, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So, so the Bible is clearly telling us here that we're to fear God and obey God. Now understand, don't anyone get you know, twisted in, in, in your doctrine at all. 
You are saved by grace. You're saved by Jesus dying on the cross for your sins. You're saved by faith in Him. But at the same time, once you receive Christ as your Savior, the Bible nowhere teaches you have a license to sin. Out of appreciation for what God has done for us in Christ, there ought to be more of an obligation for us to obey Him than when we thought, well, God's in heaven with a big stick waiting to get us. Well, I have a desire to obey him. What we're going to do this morning is look at a story, a familiar story in the Old Testament. Really hard to find. If you want to turn there in your Bible, it's the book of Genesis. Hopefully you know where that one's located. And in Genesis chapter 22, we find a familiar story about Abraham and Isaac. And we're going to look at these verses. I'm going to read them all together and then break them apart some. But what we're going to try and do is just learn some, some lessons about fearing God and obeying God from this story about Abraham and Isaac. The Bible says sometime later God tested Abraham. In other words, God had already tested Abraham in some ways. He had called Abraham to do some stuff. And this is later on. And, and now God extends another call to Abraham. And he said to Abraham called his name. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, that blows me away. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. And he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. By the way, in case I fail to say this later, Isaac, a lot of people get the picture of him being this little bitty boy and everything. He, a lot of theologians believe he had been a teenager, maybe a little bit older, because he's the one hauling all this wood up the mountain too. In other words, Isaac might not have been just such a little boy that Abraham could have controlled easily. Isaac kind of had to be exhibiting maybe some obedience and faith himself. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, and then here's what Isaac says. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. 
He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. What are some lessons we can learn about fearing God and obeying God obedience from this story? Here's lesson number one. Your obedience will be tested. Your obedience will be tested. Abraham's obedience is tested. Not just in this story. His obedience had already been tested. Come and follow me, Abraham. You've never heard of me before. I want you to come and follow me and go to a place I'm going to show you. You don't know where you're going, but just believe me and take off and take your family and possessions and go there. He had already been tested. But his obedience is being tested again. I mean, we saw it in those verses a moment ago. After some time, the Bible tells us in those verses. After some time, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and then Abraham responded, here am I. And then God gives him this dawning task, this, this request. A minute ago, we were contrasting the, uh, some differences between uh, between temptation and uh, in between God testing you. Here, here's another one that I saved till now intentionally. A temptation may seem logical to you. If it's a temptation that Satan is sending your way and it's kind of something in your flesh you're wanting to do, it seems logical. He even designs temptations like that. I think that would be good to do, you know? But a test from God many times will be completely illogical. It might be off the chart crazy. Because here God gives this call to Abraham's life to take his son, his only son, and take him up on a mountain and sacrifice him. Can you, can you not, I mean, humanly speaking, can you not imagine Abraham as maybe some of us would respond, God, I don't think I heard that right. Or, God, that sounds crazy. And I'm just telling you up front before we kind of go on in the message, many times when God calls you to do something, if it's God, it will be big enough that you can't do it yourself. A lot of times that means it's God, and it might sound like it's something so illogical, you almost want to dismiss it. And I'm just telling you, many times, if God says something to you and it's a call from God... It might be something that sounds completely illogical. Now, before someone jumps off uh, with a wildfire for a minute, let me point out something. Don't start hearing voices in your head and say, God told me to do this. God tells you to do this, it's going to line up with the Bible. Amen? But when God speaks to you, no matter how logical it, it might seem, that probably just gives extra evidence that, it, that it's God. I want you to get a picture of something. 
I think in, in these verses we have a picture of the readiness and the willingness of, of Abraham to obey. Because it says sometime later God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, he called his name. And, and to me, as I read it in, in the Hebrew, it kind of gives this, this flavor to it, I think. Also, to, to me, it's like Abraham is there, almost like a servant responding to his master. And Abraham says, I'm here, I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. I mean, he's ready to hear from God. He's heard from God in the past. It worked out when he listened to God in the past. Now God is calling him and saying, I've got something for you to do. As soon as he hears God call his name, Abraham says, what is it? I'm ready. I mean, it's the opposite of what we experience sometimes. Amen? You call your kids, and they act like they don't hear you. And you call them again, and then you call them again a little bit louder. The truth of the matter is, they probably heard you the first time, and they're down there thinking, what do they want now? But, but Abraham, I get this picture of him being ready to hear from God. Being ready to obey. Because he's got some water under the bridge with, with God. He's ready to, to acknowledge him and listen to what God is saying to him. So he answers the call. I'm here. You're like, what do you want? And then when God tells him what he wants, it might have been a call that Abraham wished he didn't receive. You ever had a phone call or information or news or whatever, and you thought, I, I wish I hadn't picked up the phone? I think that might have been the way Abraham felt over this. God, I'm here. I'm ready to do what you want. Oh, I wish I hadn't heard that one. Just maybe you felt like that a little bit. See, God had already issued some demanding things in, uh, in Abraham's life. God started out more or less by telling Abraham, I want you to know me. And by the way, that's what God wants for all of us. He wants us to know him. And Abraham's living off in this distant land, in a land that worshiped idols. This unknown God he's never heard anything about speaks to him. And he says, Abraham, you don't know anything about me, but I'm the only true and the living God. And I want you to listen to me. I want you to know me. And he also speaks to Abraham and he says, I, I want you to follow me. I'm this unknown God that you've never heard about until now that I'm speaking to you. But I want you to leave everything that you know. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your possessions. I'm taking you somewhere. I'm not even going to tell you where it is. I'm taking you somewhere. And I want you by faith just to believe me and follow me and go where I'm wanting you to go. Can you imagine explaining that with a family that you're getting ready to leave behind? Why are you leaving? Well, God spoke to me. Who's God? I mean, are you talking about one of our idols spoke? No, this this God I, I've never heard anything about before. He just spoke to me. Someone would be thinking, Abraham's smoking something he shouldn't smoke. Well, what does he want you to do? He wants me to leave and take my family and my possessions with me. Well, where are you going to? That way we can kind of forward your mail, check up on you, come see you later. Abraham says, I have no idea where I'm going. He just told me to follow him and he's going to show me where. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? 
So Abraham had already received some calls like that. Abraham had been also promised, before we get to the story today, that he, even though he is 100 years old and his wife is way beyond the age of having babies, that he's going to have a son, and through that son, all the world is going to be blessed through that seed. The seed is singular, by the way, which ultimately refers to Jesus because Jesus comes through this bloodline. But he's told by God that he's going to have a son. Think about that. He's 100 years old. His wife's in her 80s. And they're told, you're going to have a son. And then God keeps his word. See, so he's got water under the bridge already of God testing his faith and him following God. But God told him, he, he said, I want you to know me. I want you to, I want you to follow me. I want you to believe me. God told him this. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I will tell you. Can you imagine getting a message like that from God? You know, all the ladies are sensitive all the time anyway, okay? So I'm going to talk to the men just a minute. Guys, can you imagine that? Now I've got three children, two daughters and one son. Love them all. But here, when you're talking about a son in light of what's said to Abraham, you're talking about the one that's carrying on the family name. That's carrying on the gene pool, you know. There's, there's, for, for, for some of us, it might have been better off if they didn't do that, you know. And you're told to take your only son and take him up on a mountain and stab him with a knife and burn his body. The, the son that you, that you love. Man, what a test of faith. What a test of obedience. And I'm just laying out to us, God will do similar things for us, hopefully not the same type of call, but God will test our faith. God will test our obedience. He wants to stretch us. He wants us to learn more about Him and His faithfulness and our willingness to follow Him. Warren Wearsby said this, a quote that I found and uh, he said, our faith is not really tested until God asks us to bear what seems unbearable. See, here's the deal with that. When you're bearing what seems unbearable, you can't bear it, so you hand it to him. To do what seems unreasonable. Man, that sounds crazy. I can't do it. I can't even figure out how to do it. So you trust him. And expect what seems impossible. Expect God to show up. If God told you to do it, then God's going to show up and help you do what seems completely crazy and impossible if God told you to do it. Second lesson about fearing God and, and obeying God today is, is this. You have decisions to make concerning obedience. You see, when, when God calls you to do something, you've got to make a decision to say yes or no. When temptation hits your life, you have to make a decision whether to say yes or no to the temptation. Verse 3 says this. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. 
Now, in light of what God had told him to do, this blows my mind. Look look at what happens here. Look at the steps that Abraham takes to be obedient to God. Because I think the same steps that Abraham takes would be really practical for us to apply to our lives when God is telling us to do something. The first step Abraham takes is this. He responds with urgency. He, he obeys God with urgency. The very next morning, after God had told him to take his son, go up on a mountain, sacrifice him, the very next morning, early in the morning, Abraham got up. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm as human as you are. And right now, I kind of think to myself, I might have hit the snooze button a few times that day. I don't know I would have been looking forward to going and taking my son up on a mountain and sacrificing my son to God. Now, I realize in this story, I should have said it earlier, I realize in this story there are all kinds of great pictures about God sacrificing his son. And you see that as as, kind of prophetic types in this story. But also the main context is this. The main context is a practical story about faith exhibiting itself in obedience. I don't know, I'd be getting up early the next morning. It might have been a day I think, you know what, I'm just going to ignore this day and I'm going to cover my head up with the covers and I'm just going to stay here. Instead of looking forward to taking off on this mission. Look what else he does. He takes the necessary steps to obey God. Abraham takes the steps that are needed for him to do what God told him to do. He saddled his donkey because they're going on a journey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac because Isaac's going to be the sacrifice. When he had cut enough wood, put yourself in that scenario. You're the dad, it's your son, and you're gauging how much wood it's going to take to burn up the body of your son. But he takes the steps and he cuts enough wood for the burnt offering to take place. Now, like I said, hopefully God never calls us to do anything that sounds this crazy. But here's the deal with God calling us to do something. We ought to listen because he's God. He knows more about what he's doing than we know what he's doing. And when God calls us to do something and we know it's God, we need to take the necessary steps. Steps to be obedient to him. We need to figure out, all right, this is what God told me to do. How do I get there? You know, this is what God wants me to do. What will it require us to get to that point? And it would help us obey God better in our lives. One, if when God speaks to us with urgency early the next morning, we prepare ourselves to do it. And we're taking the steps, the plans necessary to do what God's called us to do in obedience. This last one might seem oversimplified, but here's the third thing I want you to notice here. We're doing a Nike advertisement. Just do it. I know this sounds oversimplified, but that's what Abraham's doing. He set out for the place God had told him about. Once again, come back to the way we feel in our emotions, guys. You know, like I said, I might hit the snooze clock. I also might go in a different direction. (laughs) 
God, you want me to go over here, and when I get over here, you want me to sacrifice my son, so I think I'm going to get over there by going all the way around the world the opposite direction first. But that's not what Abraham does. Abraham believes God enough to just do it. And that needs to be the way we operate in our lives. When we know God is, has spoken to us and God is calling us to do something in our lives with urgency and taking the steps necessary, we ought to just go and do what God has told us to do. We don't like that in our flesh because we like to think we're in control of our lives. I've got news for you once again. Like I said last week, he's God, you're not. He's God, I'm not. Number three, I want you to notice this in the story. Your obedience, when God calls you to do something, your obedience to God is a test of your faith. What God is doing here in Abraham's life, he's testing his faith to see if if Abraham believes God enough, believes in what God has told him enough to go ahead and do what God says. Look at the verses again, just to refresh our memory on what we've already read. It said, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He placed it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, next slide. Yes, my son, Abraham, replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Aren't you glad that he did that for us? That he provided the lamb? And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham He's actually doing this. I mean, he's, he's building an altar, and he's arranging the wood on it, and he ties his son up, and he lays him on the altar, and he reaches out his hand to take the knife to slay his son. God is testing his faith by, by this request. Two, two main things I want you to get out of those verses. Here's the first one. Obeying God involves taking God at his word. And dependent upon God's promises. Obeying God means that we depend upon what God's word says. We believe what God has said. And we are dependent upon the promises of God. Did you see what Abraham said? Abraham said, we will worship. He told his servants, you stay here, watch the donkey. Isaac and me, we're going over here. We're going to worship. And Isaac and myself, we're going to come back. Did you see that? We're going to worship, and we, I capitalize it just for emphasis, we will come back to you. See, Abraham had no intention of going up there and bringing a corpse back. Abraham had no intention of going up there, offering his son, burning his son and leaving the ashes there, and that's the end of it. Abraham had enough faith in God... Because God had already told him in advance that Isaac is the one through whom your heritage is going to come. He had already promised to Abraham 
And then it's through Isaac that all the world's going to be blessed. And in faith, Abraham is believing what God said. He's taking God completely at his word. And believing that God's going to be faithful and God is going to keep his promises. See, God had been faithful before in the past. I want you to leave your homeland and follow me. He did, and it worked out. He trusted God to take care of him when he and Lot were there, and Lot was being selfish, and Lot wanted the best of the well-watered plain, and he let Lot have it. And instead, Abraham just depended upon God and trusted God. Abraham believed God and trusted God when God told him, even though you're old and Sarah's old, I'm going to give you a child. And through that child, you're going to have as many descendants as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. And Abraham believed it. He had already experienced all these things. God had told him something, and God had kept his word. God had told him something else, and God had kept his word. God had proved himself faithful to Abraham. Genesis 21, 12 said this. It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham so believed it that Hebrews gives us great insight into what's going on. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, look what's said. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I mean, if you look at it logically, it's like Abraham's about to short-circuit what God had promised by taking the life of Isaac. But the Bible goes on and tells us Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By the way, at this point in the Bible, there's nothing said about any resurrections taking place. About anybody being raised from the dead. And yet Abraham had enough faith in God. The God who had called him out of that foreign land. The God who had led him every step of the way. The God that brought him to the land that he promised. The God that gave him the son that he promised. Abraham so believed that God would keep his word. That Abraham was ready and willing if necessary to take Isaac's life. Because Abraham believed God so much that Isaac would be the one through whom the world would be blessed that he knew if I take his life, God's going to raise him from the dead. Now, like I said, guys, I hope we are never faced with such circumstances. But the same principle applies. If God tells us to do something, we need to believe God enough to do it. We need to trust his word and depend upon his promise. We need to look how faithful God has been in our past and say, God, you did it then. I believe you'll do it now and obey God. Trust in God to do what needs to take place. Second thing you need to do is this. Not only depend upon the promises of God, you need to obey God. And doing so involves depending upon God to take care of things. We'll, we'll reason it out a lot of times. You know, so, some of you might have felt like, well, I need to be involved in teaching children at church. But I just don't feel like I can. I, I feel like I'm ill-equipped to do so. 
I've got some news for you. Every one of us are ill-equipped to do anything that God calls us to do. God's the one that we have to depend upon. What we need to do is respond to God in obedience and trust Him to take care of things. Abraham answered to his son when Isaac's checking things out and wondering, what are we sacrificing today, Daddy? Abraham is following God in obedience, doing what God told him to do. But then Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. See, what we need to do is obey God and leave the results to him. Instead of us reasoning so in our flesh or coming up with all the excuses we might come up with not to obey God, what we need to do is obey God and understand that God can take care of what he has told us to do. God himself will provide a lamb. And then it said he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out and took the knife to slay his son. Here's the attitude of Abraham. I'm going to do what God told me to do. He'll either raise Isaac or he's going to provide another sacrifice or whatever. I'm just going to do what God told me to do. Yesterday in our men's conference... We had some, uh, some men stand up and give some testimonies. William Rogers stood up and said about as much as I've ever heard William stand up and say, uh, you know, giving, giving a testimony. And the short of it was more or less this. William was trying to give advice to some young guys based on some things he had heard them say in their testimonies. William said, I decided a long time ago, because William said I used to be mean as a snake when I was growing up, da-da-da-da, everything else. But he went on and, and, he, and he said this. He said, I decided a long time ago, I'm just going to do what the Bible tells me to do. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what everything else, you know, seems like, I'm just going to do what God told me to do. I, I, I was up in the sound booth and Lynn Crump was up there and I, I looked over at Lynn, Callie, and I said, man, that's some great truth from some experience, you know, gray hair or, you know, a little bit of gray hair on William's head, you know, no hair, a little bit like me, you know, still he's speaking out of experience. That's what we need to do. We, we need to just listen to God and be willing to do what God has called us to do. Abraham is trusting in the promises of God, and he's dependent upon God to take care of what God had called him to do. Number four this morning. <clears throat> Some lessons about obeying God. Your obedience does this. Your obedience provides evidence that you fear God. Look at verse 11 and 12. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham says once again, here I am. Put yourself there for a minute. Last time Abraham said, here I am. God said, take your son, sacrifice him. Now God's calling him again. You know, it's like, I don't know whether to answer the phone this time or not. But then at the same time, it might have been like this. Because of what Abraham's getting ready to do, and then he hears his voice again, God calling him out. It might have been, God, yeah, what do you want? (laughs) I'm ready to hear something else, God. What is it, you know? God, before I do this, I'm listening to you. What, What else is it you want to say? 
And the message that God sent through the angel is this. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham, by his obedience, is showing God that he really feared him. And the same principle applies in our lives. If we really fear God, we ought to listen to God and do what God tells us to do. And the reverse of that is also true. If we don't obey God, I think it's like we're telling God, I don't care what you said. It's like we're telling God we don't fear Him or we don't honor Him. If we clearly know God has told us to do something and we just ignore it. Abraham listens to God, takes the steps necessary with a sense of urgency to do what God has told him to do. And God says, all right, stop, that's far enough. I know now because you were obeying me that you fear me. Don't touch the boy. Can I ask you a question? What is it that you love? Remember what the the message was, first of all, to Abraham? Take your son, your only son, the son that you love, up on the mountain and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. What is it that you love that you're holding back from God? Abraham wasn't holding anything back. Abraham had left his country and took his possessions and followed God. Abraham had believed that God was going to give him a son and it took place. Abraham is willing to listen to God and go up on the mountain and sacrifice his son with the faith that if he did so, God's still keeping his promises and Isaac's going to be raised from the dead and we're coming back down the mountain together. So he didn't hold anything back. His only son. Can I ask you what it is you're holding back from God in your life? Maybe some pet sin that you know God is wanting you to turn loose of, but, but you kind of love it, so you're kind of holding it in there instead of giving it to God like you should. Maybe it's some talent that God's invested in your life, ability that you have, spiritual gift that you have, and you know God wants you to be using it, but you're kind of holding it in there instead of giving it to God. It might be you knowing for sure God has called you to do something. Maybe God's calling you to be a pastor one day. Or maybe God is calling you to be a youth minister. Or God's calling you to be a missionary. Or maybe he's just calling you to teach children here in a church like this. Whatever the case is, and you know God is calling you to do it, but you're kind of holding it back. You see, God himself sets the pattern for us. God sent his one and only son to the cross to shed his blood and die on the cross for my sin and your sin. God didn't hold anything back. And we shouldn't hold anything back from him. We need to be willing to show God that we honor him, that we fear him by taking whatever it is and saying, God, here it is. I want you to take it. Number five, last thing. We're talking about lessons of fearing God and and being obedient to God. Number five in this story, God provides you with what you need to be obedient. God provides you with what you need to be obedient. Look at verse 13 and 14. (coughs) Abraham looked up. And there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. 
Most Bible scholars believe that's a picture or a type of Jesus. Because Jesus is caught in our sin. Why are the thorns there? It's part of the curse, right? Because Adam's sin is part of the curse. Didn't used to be thorns. Now there are thorns because of the curse on sin. This ram that's going to be sacrificed is caught by its horns in a thicket. That's a picture of Jesus carrying our sins, being caught in our sins for us. Crown of thorns around his head, nailed to a cross for us. God provided for us what we cannot do. None of us can work our way to heaven. None of us can be good enough to go to heaven. God provided fully what we need in order for us to be in obedient relationship with him by sending his son to die on the cross. But in a practical way, not just doctrinally, but in a practical way, I think God does the same thing. When God calls you to be obedient, to do something for him, with that call, God provides what you need to be obedient. And the reason that ought to free us up is this. We all come up with excuses. Well, I don't think I can do that. I tell myself that every week. Last thing I wanted to do was be a pastor and get up and stand and speak. I never volunteered for that. That wasn't a goal when I was a kid setting out. Now, I was to play basketball as a kid. I grew like 12 inches in one year in the sixth grade. And I thought, man, that's going to keep happening. So I was like 5'10 in the sixth grade playing center on the basketball team in elementary school. By the time I was high school, I was delegated down to a guard. <laughs> Used to be able to jump up and grab the rim. I can come, come more close to brushing the bottom of the net these days. But back then, I'd give that on my mind. I want to be a professional basketball player. You know, stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff I was wanting to sign up for. I got drafted into something else. By the way, let me just throw something out for any of you that might be thinking about ministry, being considered to go in the ministry sometime. If God will let you do anything else and be happy, you go do that. If God drafts you and you don't have any choice, you better do what he tells you to do. I feel inadequate any week to get up here. But I know God's called me to do it, so God with that, I think, helps me some. A lot, because it's not me. God started dealing with, with my heart about leaving an, an established church that I'd been out for years to start a new church in this area. And I didn't necessarily want to do it because, number one, you step out and do that. What if nobody comes? They've got a budget over there that's already prepared. I'm kind of taken care of there. What happens if nobody comes? But I couldn't ever get away from the fact that God was saying to do it. And I'm just telling you, if God calls you to do something, He will equip you to be obedient to what He wants you to do. He called Abraham to do this thing in obedience, and God gave him what he needed. Not sacrificing his son, He provided the ram there to be sacrificed. And through this whole story, 
Abraham learned a new thing about God. He even learned a new name for God. He learned the name Jehovah Jireh. And Jehovah Jireh in the Hebrew means God will provide. God will take care of it or God will be seen in these circumstances is what the word means. They even call the mountain that later on, that on this mountain God will provide. And you see, you and I need to know God in the same way. If we never stretch ourselves, if we always just stay back thinking we can't do anything, if, we're, if we refuse to listen to God when He calls us to be obedient in some way, we never get to find out that He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God that can provide. Abraham learned that lesson. And I'm just saying we need to learn that lesson. It'll help us fear God and obey God. It will free us up to do what God calls us to do if we understand that he's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. One of my wife's favorite verses in the Bible is this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Years ago, and I even think when we were dating years ago, um, years, years, years ago, she don't want me to say it like that probably. She told me that. Think about that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Shouldn't that free us up? Whatever God calls you to do, you can do it if God's in it. And Abraham believed that. He believed whatever happened, God was in charge. God would take care of things. He told his son, by faith, God's going to provide a lamb. That's exactly what happened. God provided for him exactly what needed to take place in order for him to obey God. All we've looked at today in this story about Abraham and Isaac, we've tried to get some really practical lessons about how you and I need to fear God, and as a result of fearing God, we need to obey God. Here's the the things we talked about. Just a reminder before we close. Our obedience is going to be tested. Your obedience as a Christian, my obedience will be tested. God will, will challenge us to do things, and he wants to know if we're going to say yes and do it. We have decisions to make when it comes to obedience. We can either say yes or no to God when it comes to obedience. We've got decisions to make. And what we ought to do with a sense of urgency, take the necessary steps to obey God and go ahead and do it. Obedience is really a test of our faith. It's God seeing if we really believe what we say we believe. Do we really believe God keeps his word? Do we really believe God keeps his promises? Because Abraham was convinced that God would keep his promises, even to the point of believing God would raise Isaac if necessary from the dead. Our obedience provides evidence to God that we fear him. And God will provide, when he calls us to do something, God will provide what we need to be obedient. Just a moment after I pray, the band's going to come up and, and play, and we're going to have this thing we call in churches an invitation, you know, a time of decision. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you may be someone that's kind of felt God calling you, but you've been a little bit hesitant to respond. Why not be like Abraham? Abraham was off in a, in a foreign land worshiping idols, and this God spoke to him, and he listened, and he followed so today, if you've never said yes to Jesus, why not today respond to God? If you feel God calling you to himself, why not today make that decision? Why not say yes to Jesus today? 
If you already know Christ as your Savior, then today, maybe God's calling you to do something and you've been putting it off. God's calling you to teach children. God's calling you to do this, do that, whatever it is. And you've been putting it off. Why not today just believe God enough to do what God's calling you to do? And say, yes, that's what Abraham did. On the back of your connection card, some things that God may possibly lead you to decide today could be these. I need to trust in Jesus Christ as the Savior God's provided me. If you've got that orange card, just look at it with me for a moment. But I have some questions and would like to speak to a pastor. If today you're saying that you, you feel like you need to trust in Jesus, but you've got questions, you don't really understand everything, you need to talk to somebody, let us know and we'll be in touch with you. Maybe right now in just a moment you're going to pray to receive Christ as your Savior. If you do that, please check that and let us know. Maybe today you need to say my obedience has been tested, but I admit I failed the test. Can I be honest with you? Everybody in this room that's a Christian probably can check that one. My faith was tested. My obedience was tested. I flunked. With God's help in future decisions, I will decide to obey God with urgency, taking the necessary steps to be obedient to Him. I'll just do it. Can I, can I tell you something? If you flunk the test already, that doesn't mean you have to stay there. In future decisions, as God speaks to your heart, just answer the call. With God's help, I'll believe His Word, His promises, and obey Him no matter what He asks me to do. Man, I know that's a biggie, that's a big commitment, but here's the deal with that. God's a big God. Amen? And if God calls you to do it, you can do it. The last one, with God's help, I will prove to him I fear and love him by obeying him, trusting in God to provide what's needed for my obedience. One of the things that's not listed there that you can take care of today, we, we have some that we know are going to be baptized. Matter of fact, we had, uh, we had three, uh, I think, that we thought were going to be baptized. And then during the course of... Uh, during the course of the morning, I actually had two adults come up and tell me they want to be baptized, and then they found out the baptismal pool was prepared. And by the way, just some uh, information for you, being baptized doesn't save anybody. You're saved by trusting Christ as your Savior. Baptism is just a picture of the fact that that happened. Old person gone, new person with Jesus in their heart. We had a couple of adults that said they want to be baptized, and they don't have a change of clothes. And it's cold outside. But we're going to dry them off as much as we can and send them on their way. <laughs> so if they're willing to do that, and if you're here and you've trusted Christ as your Savior, but you've never obeyed Him. We've talked about obedience today. You've never obeyed Him to follow Him in baptism because He commands us to be baptized. Why not come up today? We'll get you as dry as we can, you know. But just be obedient to Him. Believe Him enough to know He'll take care of it. Let's pray. Father, Lord, if there's someone here that does not know Christ as their Savior, God, please speak to them right now. Help them to see you love them supremely, that you did for them what we have a picture of Abraham in this passage of Scripture. You loved us so much that you put your Son on a cross as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. 
And you took his life back up. He, he took his life back up to prove to us that he had paid everything necessary for our sins to be forgiven and for us to have eternal life. So, Father, if there's someone here today that has never said yes to Jesus, help them to do that. Lord, for the rest of us that already know Christ, but maybe, maybe we flunked the test when you've called us to some things in obedience and we flunked the test. And God, just help us today to make fresh commitments to you and look at this story of Abraham and be willing to tell you this morning, God, whatever you call us to do, we're willing to follow you, believe in your word, believe in your promise, knowing that you'll take care of what it is that you call us to do. For we ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Uh, I'll be here at the uh, front. Uh, Daryl will also be up here at the front. Uh, right before we go, we'll, we'll be taking care of these baptisms right before we leave. Um, and if you need to come today to be baptized, just come up and tell us. We want to be sure you know Christ is your Savior. But God speaks to your heart. If you need to receive Christ or as a believer, if you need to come and say, God, I failed the test, but God, in the future, I want to pass the test. I want to believe you enough to do what you told me to do. And we invite you just to listen to him and respond. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Day 3 Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at And for more information, find us on the web at day3church.com.